Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Sean. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to co-founder of Football is Everywhere, head photography of Football is Everywhere, and professional footballer or soccer player herself, Pato Jerzak. Pato is a professional football player player, soccer, football, whatever, and the person behind the idea of football is everywhere. Um, The reason why she decided to start this magazine, Football is Everywhere, is because she wanted to show the beauty and importance of football in communities, but also to make it possible for everyone to play the game. She grew up in a privileged country where she was never stopped from playing football, but in many places, playing football is not possible for everyone, especially for women, and she is on a mission to change that. Pato is a fantastic person with an incredible product. The Football is Everywhere magazine. I stumbled across it on Instagram one day and was instantly hooked and mesmerized. So I am excited for you to hear my conversation with Pato. Um, I do want to let you know that before we get there, I do have a couple things uh, to remind you of. So first off, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. And the owner and operator of Snuffy is good friend of the podcast, Nick Silvestri, who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you like the logos and you want to go check it out, and support him, go ahead and do so by going to snuffy.co. And this episode is also brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at theempiretoys.com. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Pato is right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, all the way across the pond, halfway around the world, we're speaking in two different times of the day. Pato Jerzak, how are you doing today? I'm tired, but it's okay. <laughs> yes. I, I hear you. I understand you. I think I am running on fumes. It is 1.13 in the morning, my time. It is, I think, what, 8? 8 13 yeah, a.m. in the morning early. i don't know why i'm saying that it makes me look really bad <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it's uh yeah no it's uh morning right i see it's pretty cool outside um yeah nothing new in sweden you know <laughs> well down here in texas in the states it was uh, a nice cool 70 degrees fahrenheit i uh, we do fahrenheit i don't know what that translates to in celsius um yeah but it was nice. It yeah. was nice and warm. So I won't. I won't talk about the weather too much. 
That's fine. <laughs> but um, I'm excited for you to be on the show today. So we're going to talk about football is everywhere. I definitely want to talk about the impact that football can have on the world at large, or as we say here in America at times, soccer, uh, whichever mm -hmm. word that you're using to describe it in the conversation. I want to talk about that. We're going to talk about a few different things. But to start off the episode, what I like to do uh, is kind of ground the conversation. So here at the Detox Podcast, we invite listeners to quote unquote detox from the world around them, get a window into how other people live their lives, just kind of kick back and relax for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, however long the episode is. And so Pato, I want to ask you, what are you currently detoxing from? Um, I'd say my two past years, hmm. even though that sounds very depressing, but, um, so can I, can I, can I do a longer story? Or you want a shorter story? You can, you can do a longer story. That works. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, basically in 2019, I let end of 2019, I left college. So I was in the U S uh, in UConn for two years. And then I decided to leave because I wanted to play professionally again in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up in Italy and that was beginning 2020. And, uh, yeah, so I was there for a couple of weeks and then Corona hit right. and it was really, it was really, uh, obviously it was just, you know, bad situation everywhere, but obviously it was quite a, a disappointment because you just kind of got to your first like foreign, foreign contract, like, you know, pretty big thing and it just doesn't work out and then you know i was stuck in lockdown for like probably a month or not or maybe longer and it was right. pretty hard to get back to sweden so when i actually made it back to sweden then i had to wait for uh, months ish to get a new contract in sweden because mm -hmm. i had the contract i had in italy didn't go out so i had to basically wait until it did right and um, so yeah, so then I, when I signed in the Swedish club, the season was already kind of going on, so it was a little bit late. And then, I mean, I was really happy when I came to that club. Uh, it was a really nice uh, place, and I really enjoyed it. But then, I mean, I maybe played for two months, and like I missed the end of the season because I got an injury on my hand. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, I do see that there. You've got a pretty nasty yeah, so, gash right, or yeah, scar right there later but it's basically i got a ball on my hand which is really really weird and then three of my fingers broke completely like oh my god it was like yeah and obviously you'll be thinking like okay but you can play with cast or something it's not a big deal uh, but i had to have two surgeries because basically it was such a complicated like think hands are quite complicated um and then the scars didn't really like heal that well so there was risk of infections and stuff so basically um they told me not to rush anything because it's just not worth it um uh, yeah so i basically ended up like 2020 i don't even know i just played a couple games so it was just really bad wow um and then and then after that i was like all right uh um so my contract with that team ended and i i was kind of feeling like i wanted to leave somewhere else um so i had an agent and basically in, in short, he basically just didn't do what he was supposed to do. Um, so I had to end up finding a team basically on my own oh, yeah. uh, when it was already very late, you know, very late. Uh, most most uh, teams already kind of had full squads. They couldn't really take in any players. 
So although I probably could have got into a, a team pretty early, but people just didn't know that I was available pretty much. Um, but then, you know, I found, uh, uh, no, so I ended up in a team in the North uh, pretty late in like March, which usually, you know, pre-season starts in January in Sweden. So two months late. And uh, like when I got there, things were really good, uh, really good. But then problem was, uh, just before April, when it started, I got a really weird injury in my ankle. Like it was just not the not the sprain or anything. It was just something in the bones. Mm. Uh, yeah. So basically, you know, I had a really good time, and then something bad happened again. Um, mm. So yeah, that was obviously hard mentally. And uh, and then when I came back, I mean, I was back. I was probably gone for like six weeks, pretty long. Um, and then. You know, getting back into it is pretty difficult because my team was doing really well. Uh, so getting back to it when you kind of have like not been able to do so much for quite a long time was pretty difficult. Uh, so I struggled quite a lot. And yeah, I mean, it just in general, that season just wasn't like, it wasn't great either. Um, although like at the end, I did very well. Like, you know, personally in training, in the games I played. Um, so it's not like I wasn't good enough to play there. It was just, right. it was just, everything just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Came away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, so for the past few years, I've kind of been feeling like I've been a little bit out of control on some things. I think it's a bit difficult when you're not feel like you can control everything in your career. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no. So now, now when I'm here in, in a club now in the South, um, it just kind of feels like, you know, I want to kind of stop thinking about what was happened and like this is like I'm, I'm a, I don't want to be defined by by that time because right. people just look at the statistics and think like oh she she's not good she, like she didn't play uh but they don't really know what happened in those years um so for me most important now is just to you know to play uh not think so much about not to like overthink things when I'm on the field. Um, and I mean, so far, I have, everything's been going very well. And, you know, I've been scoring in the games I've been playing in the friendly. So, so yeah, no, I think there's a, there's a positive start now. So I really hope that it just continues like this. Um, and obviously, also with footballs everywhere, it was kind of, I would say footballs everywhere also was kind of like a detox yeah. uh, from everything. Because uh, it has given me a nervous positivity from people uh you know everyone it's i think it's, it's, it's a special feeling when people buy your product and yeah. they just like you know show it on instagram and they're like uh give it positive reviews and stuff like i just it makes you really happy and i think the best thing has been to go and make the magazine and meet the people that are in the magazine and they being very thankful for it um yeah. i think like some of these people we met just like they're just like you know amazing people it just gives you a very um like i don't want to say like a faith in humanity almost because it's just like uh you know these good people just do good things they don't want anything for it it's just yeah yeah so i'd say yeah. this is that's kind of what i would be detoxing from if that makes <laughs> no, sense <laughs> yeah no it makes perfect sense i think you don't i think we as and i'm saying the collective we as as observers of of the game can overlook the individual nuances of an, a specific athlete's career trajectory mm -hmm. 
with when it's impacted with injuries, when you don't see them play for a few years, you might, as a fan, forget about where they are, where they're going, or, hey, what did happen to this player? And then, you know, you can you can kind of overlook the, the individual journey that they've gone through to get back on the pitch. And, and so I think that's one aspect of it. Also, uh, what I love about, you talked about football, um, football is everywhere being a bit of a, of a detox as well. It's almost like, you know, you're talking about the, the last two years, you've gotten injuries, you've gotten not great situations. We had COVID that nobody knew was going to happen. Right. And the lockdowns and everything associated with that. And so football is everywhere is, is almost like a way to reclaim what, you love about the sport and and have and and t- put that beauty out there in a very in a very different way so i want to use that to come to come back in and to ask you um what was the the initial origin or idea for football is everywhere where did that come from yeah i mean first of all i'll say i think you really put, nicely put it uh with like you know I think uh, when you're in the industry for so long, you kind of get to feel really negative things about football. Sure. Uh, and I, I think with the magazine, what I'm trying to do is kind of bring more of the positive things of football, you know, yes. like uh, not not you struggling with your career, not uh, corruption, not uh, people, clubs and money, you know, these kind of things. But yeah, I mean, to answer the question about where we started, I mean, I think, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to say exactly when, uh, but I mean, I was doing a lot of photography things for, for, ye- for years. Um, uh, I mean, I remember like, I think when I started just like got Instagram back in, like, I don't know, it was like sixth grade or something. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoyed it. I didn't like specifically take a lot of, uh, photos of maybe football pitches back then, but. I would do a lot of football content on my Instagram when I was pretty young yeah. and I, I, I saw that people enjoyed it. And obviously then, I mean, you know, I, I only had a phone, so I, you know, I kind of had to be creative with what I could do. Um, but then I guess like if you go forward, I, then I left to college yeah. and then I got a camera because I kind of wanted to just like be able to like showcase a little bit like what has been, what is going on with me, you know, to the family and everything when I'm away. Uh, but then I started kind of get involved with some, some, some groups, some friends that kind of did a lot of that. Cause when, when I was in college, I get, I got to be around a lot of people that were like, you know, had a lot of different interests that maybe I would usually be around, but sure. maybe I would just be around people. people. Uh, so yeah, that kind of made me like expand uh, all of this, interest and like you know kind of get better at it and i kind of get better at it fast because i could like you know ask questions i'm like how do i do this and then they do show me and i wouldn't just need to even look it up uh so yeah and then and then there was a lot of like you know i would i would go and take a lot of photos like and i think that was the most important thing that i instead of just like kind of looking at videos i would just kind of experiment experiment myself sure um and then yeah so I mean, and then I, at one point, you know, I started to take, I still did a lot of football content, but then I just kind of started to get more artistic with it, like kind of showcasing, you know, the the football pitches, the football, yeah. like 
more so, you know, the, the grounds. Uh, and also then when I got a drone, I think that was also quite important because uh, I think the aerial perspective always makes it different. Yeah. Uh, so just taking photos of football pitches from above was just, no, I, I didn't really think that it was that cool. But then when I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is really nice. Uh, and yeah, and then I think then when you can be able to like combine them with like, you know, shots from below, with shots from above, it was just pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think football is everywhere. I think just like the idea of that, I guess it's just like culmination of everything that I did before. But then, you know, at one point I was just like, what do I enjoy the most in terms of what I'm doing with kind of everything that has been going on with me and my career? So it's almost like two paths have been going and at one point they meet and they're like, oh, uh, why don't we do something like this? Uh, so I would say it was always like you kind of just, uh, you know, I remember when I just like kind of knew how to speak English. I just like kind of got, kind of got it and I just started yeah. speaking English. Uh, so with, with it was kind of like that with, with it, I was just like, oh, why, why would I not do that? So the original idea was actually uh, going to different football pitches in different places mm-hmm. and doing like a documentary about that pitch and the club that plays there. Sure. So it was kind of more specific in terms of like the pitch. Um, so, so it was supposed to be a, a documentary and like we filmed quite a lot of the first one but it was never released uh, because we were going to, to Capri and just like outside of Naples where I was playing. Okay. Uh, but just when we were going there, their league kind of got stopped because of Corona. So it was just like literally just before all everything just like went crazy, you know, in the city. Um, so when we got there, we still met with a person from the club and he was just kind of saying that, yeah, they're like, they don't know when we're going to play again because of Corona and everything. And, like back then we didn't know anything, you know, people didn't know anything. Yeah. Uh, it was just like the, that, that interview was like one day or two days before like lockdown. Uh, so then when we came back, uh, everything was closed, everything in, in the city. So yeah, that, it was quite crazy. But I mean, what was important then is that we took some photos in Capri. Yeah. Uh, that got a lot of attention. Uh, so Obviously, when you get a lot of attention like that, you kind of get thinking like, okay, people seem to like this. And you know, why do they like this? Uh, but then I think the most important thing was that I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and my partner, Michael, well, we both enjoyed uh, doing this. So, I mean, there's, I mean, people think I'm weird, but like uh, when, I'm, when we're going somewhere, like the first thing I'll be doing is like going Google Maps, thinking like, is there a full picture around? Uh, because I, I I love these like the grounds that have more of like a you know they may be like a bit older they have like yes. you know, something a little bit destroyed uh, and there's some pictures that might be just like just by the water or just like in the mountains so yeah I mean, it's a bit weird but like uh, that's kind of what I enjoy uh, doing just like going to pictures finding the details because um, there's so much history in those places as yeah. well. But I, yeah, so then, oh, so, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I like the I like the 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 history right that you're talking about um, of the grounds and and I like the the evolution of the project um, and I think what's so fascinating I'll I'll get into this here in a moment I want to go back to what you're saying but 
I love the fact that when you have that aerial out shot, you can really see such unique characteristics of the land which the pitch is on. Yeah, because most people, you know, that would be from that pitch, they would never see it from that perspective. Right. And I think that's so cool. But yeah, I mean, going back to the documentary phase, so, I mean, that was kind of what we were thinking of doing, and we already kind of had plans of what we we're going to do. But then, you know, when when all these things happen, you kind of stop thinking about uh, those things. Like, I think that then my most important thing was how do I get back to Sweden and how do I start playing football again? Right. Uh, in the beginning, I thought, like, maybe things will open up soon and I can stop start playing here in Italy again. Uh, but that didn't happen, so... You just kind of have to, you know, change your plans. Just, just kind of how it is with everything. Uh, and then, I mean, 2020, all we did was just kind of like, we continued taking photos of football pitches, but we never really started with the project. Um, so it wasn't until beginning of, 20, like, last year that we were like, I mean, I just said kind of like to, to Michael, I was like, like now we've been talking about this for so long. Like I can't go on about, I don't want to be that person that just talks about things and never gets it done. You know, I just can't, like I, I can't go on with things like that. I just want to do something like, uh, like I really always wanted to have some kind of like company that had a product, something like this. So I was just like, I need to do it. I don't, I don't care how much time it takes. And I know that, I, I know that it's going to take a lot of time, but I know from my perspective, from my own personal experience that, uh, even if I play football, I still have a lot of time because I just manage to do things if I want to. Right. So, yeah, so we just kind of went for it. And I, I mean, uh, we said, all right, let's, if we're moving to the north, why not just do North of Sweden? Like, it's just the most, if we want to take it easy, like make it easy for ourselves in the beginning yeah. and not like, kind of, because uh, I mean, if we would make it about something else, it would be easier to find excuses on why we wouldn't continue something. Um, yeah. So we were like, okay, we're in the north. Uh, we're gonna do an interview about the team that I'm playing in because that club is huge in terms of football. So I was like, all right, um, that's great because we literally, I literally play here. Uh, so well, let's do that. And it's an interesting story. And uh, we also found people like that played in the club long before. Uh, yeah. And uh, and obviously, there's there's quite fascinating stories in North Sweden, and I think that's what also was so beautiful about it. And obviously, uh, people would associate it with being quite cold. And obviously, in the top, 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 when we were in May, it was still a lot of snow. Uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of what, what happened. We we started doing it, started kind of gathering stories, and then we just planned like. When are we gonna go? Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how it went. I, I one thing that was that's really interesting to me. Um, I was reflecting on this as a, so. First, I want to say we'll put the links to everything in the show notes. But you've got uh, the North of Sweden issue one of uh, Football is Everywhere, right? And then right now you're doing a you've got pre order going on for the second issue for Faroe Islands. Yeah, and, that was actually out. Yeah, oh, it so is that out. Was, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Is it the third one that I saw? Uh, some upcoming announcements uh, about third one is gonna go pre-order like soon okay uh we just gotta come i mean it's pretty much finished in terms of uh, the content but sure. it just needs to be designed gotcha yeah. 
Okay. Well, then you can get, if you're listening to this, you can get issue one, North of Sweden, and issue two, Faroe Islands, right now. And then issue three will be available on pre-order soon. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that plug in there. Um, but I, I was reflecting on this. And and um, so a little bit of background for the listeners, if they don't remember, or maybe this is the first time they're listening. So uh, my dad uh, has worked for FC Dallas in Major League Soccer since the league started and they were the Dallas burn back in 96. So he's continued to work for them. So I grew up going to soccer games, going and volunteering, being a ball kid, being a helper, being a gopher, whatever. Um, and so I love, love the sport. And then, um, and so for me, as much as I love FC Dallas, they're my club. Um, one of a few, uh, I cannot stop watching international soccer like anytime there's a tournament anytime there's a game doesn't matter what it is I got to watch it and I realize like I love seeing the different stadiums and pitches all over the world because when I'm watching the EPL or I'm watching MLS I'm seeing the same stadiums that I've seen and they're great but there's nothing like watching AFCON which just ended you know a couple months ago and seeing all of the stadiums in Cameroon and seeing all of these different clubs stadiums or watching the world cup qualifier between i don't i think it was gabon and mali or gabon and somebody else and kenya it might have been and just seeing these like pitches that just look like all kinds of different ways and it's so Mm. interesting and it's in those moments when i'm looking at these different pitches or i'm looking through the pages of football is everywhere scrolling through the instagram and i'm able to see like this is so unique in that This can be halfway around the world from where I am, and yet there's still something so familiar about this connection here. That pitch and that that the game, this sport, binds us all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting what you say because I was talking the other day with uh, someone of our readers. Actually, like I just like I I tend to DM a lot with people that text footballs ever, so I just kind of make a lot of connections. Uh, but uh, so we were just talking about because um, she also lived in a different country than where she's from. But I, I was just saying that, yes, yeah, so I was born in Poland and I moved to Sweden when I was quite young. But I still like obviously know the language in Poland and I still lived there for like six years. So I kind of know and I played for the national team, like the youth national team. But I obviously grew up in Sweden. Uh, so I always said uh, and that's the same for my for Michael. Uh, he also was born in Poland and he moved to Ireland. So he kind of has the same experience. And we kind of yeah. always say that, like, I have a hard time saying that I'm from, like, I have a hard time being saying that I'm Swedish because I don't feel completely Swedish. And I have a hard time saying I'm Polish because I don't feel like I'm completely Polish. Sure. But at the same time, when I also feel like I am Polish, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to explain to people that, uh, you know, when I would say to someone in Sweden, they'd be like, oh, I have no, I, I cannot even think that, you know, I'm Swedish. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that she, she told me that they, there was some podcasts actually that some people did that had a similar experience and they call it like the third culture, culture podcast or something that they were like third culture people or something. Sure. And then I was kind of thinking that um i was thinking back to when i came to sweden and then i said that well the first thing that happened to me when i came to sweden was i went to play football even though i didn't know the language uh so that's what you say about everything being kind of so similar and kind of like connected is 
like in a way, even if I don't feel completely like my identity, it doesn't feel like I'm completely connected to the Polish culture. I don't feel completely connected to the Swedish culture. What I have is the football culture, you know, and yeah. that's always, it's not always the same, but it's always, you always feel like you're included there. Yes. You know, um, yes. and I think that's what's, what's in a way like the magazine also gives you, gives you like the ability to go into these places and kind of like be like welcome to yes. all these places. And, and I think that's what's like the most beautiful about it. I remember I studied in England for a semester in college and I remember feeling very, um, and this was 2008, so cell phones weren't what they are now. Even my computer and Skype, and then with the time difference with family, it was difficult to stay connected to that circle of friendship. And yeah. I went in the winter, which is not great because then there's like no daylight. It's all cold. I'm from Texas. I'm not used to that. So it was a, a lot of change in a short period of time. Nevertheless... Um, feeling very isolated and having a bit of a difficult time adjusting outside of school. One thing that one time I went to um, a Millwall game and they were in the English League One, so two rungs below the, the, the EPL for those listening. And I remember I went there and feeling completely out of place. But then as soon as I stepped into the stadium, I was like, oh, I feel at home. I'm excited, the roar of the crowd, I'm watching the game, I'm getting into it, I'm excited, and I just felt welcomed, right? I felt yeah. very much welcomed into the the family of football, and in that moment, I was like, I don't have to worry about anything because I feel so at ease, which is exactly what you were just saying. Yeah, 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 I, and I think that's, that's great. I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I want to know, so how do you... Uh, what has been some of the response that you've received so far um, after the first couple of issues? What have you seen as a reaction to the pieces being out? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, we have been getting, you know, people have been really happy with, I think a lot of people have been mentioning like the quality of it as well, uh, because we use like one of the best papers and one of the best printers. Because we really uh, focus on everything being very, very quality, uh, so so it's it, it wouldn't be like your normal like glossy kind of magazine, you know. It's more like fine paper. Sure. Uh, so you know, people would say like it's it's it looks beautiful in terms of the photography and in terms of the design, because uh, our designer is also really really good, uh, great guy, and so it, that kind of makes it also like a little bit different because it's you know it's playful with the design and it's playful with the photos uh but you know people would say that like some of the things they would read uh that maybe sometimes they would be familiar with something but most of the things that they never heard about uh, and uh there's uh, in, in the north of sweden we did like a big article that was a little bit of an opinion piece uh about the women's league in sweden and, and people thought, found that really interesting in terms of like the arguments towards the marketing and why things have been the way it is. Because uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to make a story about something that you have been through. Sure. Uh, and then you're able to kind of say, like, these are my points uh, yeah. about this. Uh, because uh, Sweden, as a football country for women, like the national team might look, you know, we're really good. Right. Uh, we're top 
but in terms of the league, there's things that haven't been done the right way. So uh, that's kind of what people would think is interesting because like, if they follow women's football, they probably wouldn't even think about that straight away if they don't follow the leagues that really closely. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that's what people like just enjoy is that it's not these stories that like you know these big players that they probably would have known before. It's it's a little bit more personal, yeah. And we write more like personal, like in almost in like how we went there and we met with this person, like so. Uh, it's almost like like almost like a blog, like yeah, uh, magazine. So yeah, no, I think the response has been great, and I'm also really happy that people, you know, um, kind of notice the quality of it, and like that it's it takes so much time to do it, and it's and we put the like we put in extra money just to make it even more quality. So it's it's nice when people like you know appreciate it, and when people post about it, and you know say that this is great, and yeah, yeah, I mean it makes you it makes you really happy, and like that's kind of what makes you want to continue because that's just. Yeah, you can't really replace that feeling. That's that's excellent to hear, and you can see the quality even before holding it because it's it's so clear and crisp. Um, and I like how you talked about the stories because yes, you're not doing a, a, a yet another feature on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right? I mean, that's yeah. been it's been done. It's been done a yeah. few times. I mean, yeah. and. Athletic did an incredible piece about his time in MLS, which was its own unique chapter, yeah. right? But we're getting stories that the average viewer of international soccer um, may not know of if they're not following these specific leagues. Um, yeah. You were talking about, it reminded me of here in America, we've got like the women's national team is is top notch and, and superb. But then but the NWSL, the the league has his has this is the third uh, iteration of trying to make a women's professional soccer league in America. It's so far the most successful, but that bar is not very high. And then it was rattled last year with all of the sexual misconduct allegations, the ownership issues, all of those and then the lack of a collective bargaining agreement as well, or at least a robust one. So a lot of those issues have been addressed and are continuing to be addressed. But it's like it wasn't until somebody just put a spotlight on it and was like, hey, you see the national team doing well. But are you actually examining these day to day issues of the league? Here's their story. So for you and your group to be highlighting those stories, especially something that you've been through, right, is is critical for folks to enjoy and understand yeah. and then get personally invested in yeah. those stories. I think what's also important for me is that uh, it's, it's not only like a story of football is that people also kind of get a little bit of an insight into the country. Yes. Um, like for example, in the Fair Islands, we write a lot about, you know, about the country, about the language that they speak. Uh, it's even more in the next issue about Ireland. It's it's a lot, obviously, because Michael was raised there, so he would know a lot. Uh, so, you know, he, he would talk about, you know, why is there so many companies from the US and Ireland? Why is that a, why is that a thing? And uh, what is Gaelic football? And how has that impacted the Ireland and, and, the, and the soccer? Right. So uh, there's, I think there's things we, we kind of want to make it... Not, not a history piece, but I think if you don't know some history, it is, 
it's a bit harder to kind of enjoy the articles. So yeah. like, for example, we did this story about the league uh, in, in Sweden and about how big it used to be um, to be for people to be able to then kind of understand uh, why the fact that this big club that used to be here is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And why is, why does that matter? Why is, what's the problem with that? Um, so I think, I think that's kind of what we want to address as well is like, no, like, I mean, I think it's interesting that you kind of, kind of get more insight into, into countries, you know, yeah. I think, and when you, when you, when you use that with the football, I think it's more enjoyable. Uh, I mean, I usually like, you know, when I would play FIFA, I would easily like pick up on the geography on each country because you would kind of play with the teams from that country. Right. So I think that's also like a, a thing, like, you know, people wouldn't want to just read a history book, but if it's kind of incorrelated with football, it makes it more interesting. Yes. So that's usually what people would say, like, oh, I would prefer to watch a movie in history because it made more sense. So that's kind of what I think we're doing as well. <laughs> I like that. You know, there's um, um, there is a so well, I guess it's um, it started as a Facebook account, and now it's all over social media. But humans, and it's its own site. But humans of New York, um, reminded me of that too. Oh, in that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I someone told me about that actually. Uh, when was that? It's it's like someone just wrote, writes about people from New York, right? It's yeah. Like, so. Right. So it started out as this photographer was just taking pictures of folks and you're asking the individuals, can I take your picture and can I capture your story in a, in a few paragraphs or a few sentences? And so it started out with people in New York letting, them t- letting him take a picture and just sharing what was on their mind, what was going on at the moment. And then it's grown to such a thing now where he will do a series of um, posts like in, in, I think he did one in Argentina where he was in Argentina for a month and all of his stories were people in Argentina. So humans of New York, I'm using air quotes here is the brand, but he's gone global with, with all of the stories. And it's, it's to provide, he provides some historical context as to the country and the region or the city that he's in, but then to ground the stories, but then he shares everybody's stories in the framework of the history and the context he provided. And so having something similar, but geared towards football and football being the grounding of those yeah. stories is, is incredible because at the end of the day, like we all like, we all want to have an opportunity to tell our stories and then it's incredible to hear other people's stories. So if we can have that and then under a framework that we all love, that is the most compelling piece. Um, yeah. I, I want to yeah. ask, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think like, oh, one of our main like sayings is like when we make the magazines that we always say that everyone has a story to tell. Yeah. And that's kind of what we always go with uh, because, you know, if like sometimes maybe we would focus on getting a club and then like there's always someone in the club working that has been some important person in the club and and those people don't tend to get that much attention, but right. those are the people that we want to like, look, this guy, this person's great. Um, he needs to, he needs to tell a story, like, because it's important that people know about it, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I want to, as we're starting to wrap up, I want to ask you, what is, um, what is something that we've not covered that you would like listeners to know about football is everywhere as it's continuing to grow um with each passing issue 
Huh, that's a good question. I mean, I think what I mean, well, I mean, the magazine was, you know, we, we never like did it because of the fact that, all right, this is something that's going to be like, like if you make a magazine, it's quite expensive, you know, it's, sure. it's not, uh, it's people always say print is dead, but I, I try to, to go against that. Uh, but like we, 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 we started this because this is something that we're really, really passionate about and something that we knew like the risks of doing this and that the fact it's going to take a lot of time. And, but I think when you're really like passionate about it, I think that's what I kind of want to convey to people as well to just kind of start something. Um, because now I've seen like, like now when we're on, we're basically like finished with a third issue, which is like crazy because it's been not even a year basically. Yeah. And we're already third issue and uh, we're going to announce our first issue soon. So it's like, now things are going fast. And I think, I think it's crazy to think that, you know, I always say like, if you start now, then you would think like in a couple months, you think like, oh, if I didn't start, then I wouldn't be here and just kind of say, so yeah, no, I think, it's important that people like really do something that they're passionate about because then I think what you get is like the best thing of it, you know? And I think uh, Football's Everywhere is just kind of like my life's uh, project that in a way is like my whole life has been, I, I'm not saying it's leading towards it, but it's almost like, you know, when I talked about like what made the magazine, it's like right. there's many things that have have made me do it and that there's a history in it so i, I mean i think in, in general like when when you start doing something that you're really passionate about the outcome is so much different than when you're doing something that you're maybe like yeah not fully invested in yeah. um so i think that like you know if you have a project that you really want to start just just start and and then when you like start getting the response from it i think that's just like mind-blowing you know it makes you makes you just want to continue uh, but it, I mean it's just important to start like what I said that when we were kind of thinking about it for so long but we just said like okay let's go and now we're already so far ahead and yeah no it's been crazy I love that um all right well we are going to pivot to the last segment of the show it's a segment that i like to call things to check out so it is a segment where i provide the listeners with something i'm reading watching and or listening to and i invite my guests to do the same if they've got any recommendations for the listeners so i will go first um and then if you haven't if you're listening to this and you haven't already purchased all the issues that are out for football is everywhere you need to go ahead and go do that and we'll provide the show uh in the show notes we'll provide the links and everything for you to do that if you're listening to this 10 years in the future i can't imagine how many issues there are out at this point but make sure and go get all of them so um my recommendations um are all i tried to make them all soccer related or football related i should say so um for a book i just recently reread um when the dream became reality which is a book by former guest, former FC Dallas player, uh, Bobby Warshaw. Um, so his book is fantastic. Highly recommend it. It is a, um, in a lot of ways, Zapata was t- telling us about how uh, a professional's career can, can not always be sunshines and roses. Um, 
his career is very much that getting drafted, playing for Dallas, playing a bit over in Europe um, before retiring and just all the ups and downs in between. So I recommend that to read um, and then watching. If you're looking for something to watch, um, I enjoy the documentary on Netflix, Sunderland Till I Die, about the Sunderland Football Club, um, about them getting relegated from the EPL and and what uh, what that entails. So I will leave I will not spoil anything. Um, but definitely those are two things to go check out. So Pato, what are you either watching, reading, or listening to? Uh, yeah, so I have, I've been reading this, let's see, let me show you this. Um, so this is a, a book about Irish, Irish football players. Oh yeah, Emerald Exiles? Yeah, yeah, so. Perfect. You guys want to, yeah, so here it is. Uh, written by Barry Landy, a good guy. Um, he also likes the magazine, so so yeah. But he wrote this book. It's it's uh, yeah. No, we've been we've been kind of getting some inspiration from it as well in terms of players. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, documentaries, I definitely will uh, recommend the Amazon One uh, Leads the oh, yeah. Leads documentary. It's I think in in terms of, obviously I I love Leads. Uh, but it's a, it's a club that has a community feeling. And I think uh, also, like, obviously Bielsa is not there anymore, but I think he's, in, he's a very football's ever person, as yeah. I say. Uh, so, no, I'll definitely, if you haven't watched it, I'll probably watch it because it's very, very good and very well done yeah. as well. That is a good recommendation. No, Bielsa is not there, but American Jesse Marsh is there. So... Um... <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into a conversation about about any of that i see it um i'm also in circles where folks are like jesse marsh should be the u.s men's national team coach and i'm like you know what i i think it's fine um let's just uh let's just leave it alone and just let things be and just watch and observe you can't you can't coach a world cup team if you're not in the world cup. So we got, let's just cross that bridge when we get to it. So anyways, Pato, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah. So they would, I mean, I'm probably most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, so it's at underscore, underscore, underscore Pato. So three underscores and then Pato. And then, if they want to follow footballs everywhere, so it's footballs everywhere, but it's spelled like F T B all, so football, but like with a bit short cut, right? And is everywhere, so yeah. And then on LinkedIn, it's just my name. Perfect. Well, Pato, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I appreciate you getting up early and then stayed up late. And so next time you come on the show, we will coordinate a, a more amenable time for the both of us. <laughs> I love it. Um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. There'll be another great episode coming your way shortly. Um, you've been listening to Detox. Uh, now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. 
It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>